the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I am the American nightmare for people who swindle you. Call me crazy, but a lot of people are trying to get your money. A lot of people are trying to get their retirement and their golf courses ahead of you and your family. Investors are saying ex-Fox and Friends hosts turn them into unwitting slumlords. If you find yourself going to seminars to meet a celebrity or someone you think is a celebrity, you're making a mistake. Clayton Morris, the affable former co-host of TV's Fox and Friends, <laughs> isn't that funny, portrays himself as a real estate investment expert. He was a good-looking dude who could talk on TV. The reality shows that you watch Flip and Flop and Tariq and blah, blah, blah. They're typically good-looking people who can act in front of a camera in a reality show and make it look like it's normal. Those lights don't show up. Those cameras don't show up without a plan of what's going to happen. It's not a reality show. So the Flip and Flop people, they've been slammed by the Better Business Bureau for the seminars that they do. But they don't even show up for, like the Trump University thing. He would send a video. And that video would be replayed again and again and again. And uh, Robbins, Tim Robbins does the same thing. He doesn't even go to his events. Tony Robbins. I was close. But I'd be very cautious. This guy, Clayton Morris, got people involved in property transactions in Indianapolis. And they turned out to be deplorable conditions that, you know, with dilapidated homes. And ultimately, slumlords. Now, again, this is all alleged. I don't know fact from fiction. I don't know if someone's got a vendetta against them. I can tell you, if you find yourself going to a seminar and there's a cutout of the person that you thought you were going to see or a video that's playing, you're probably getting smoked. You're probably getting played. I sound like Krusty the Clown from The Simpsons. Oh, kiddos. I still like The Simpsons on occasion, which is fascinating. I still like South Park on occasion. And aren't I a grown man? I am. I've set myself up for the rest of my life. I'm here to tell you what to do and what not to do. Get involved in the markets. Believe in the markets over time. Use pullbacks to get it to get a little bit more in the market. Half of older Americans have no retirement savings. The market's down today. I'm glad I'm not in retirement because I might look at it and go, oh, I wonder if my money's going to last forever. And I might say it probably won't if things keep going down. You know, the market's never gone to zero. It's never gone to negative. You've never had to pay more than you've invested. And you've never lost everything unless you bought a bad stock. Warren Buffett said... The best thing he could have done was just to buy index funds. He didn't have to spend his whole life buying stocks. Bad news is that half Americans are approaching retirement have nothing in a 401k. And it's going to be ugly. U-G-L-Y. You ain't got no alibi. You're ugly. That's going to be an ugly retirement. Two in five of such households do have access to traditional pensions, also known as defined benefit plan. But 29% of older Americans have neither a pension nor anything in a 401k. And that's going to be the ugly one. And when I was young, I was like, I sure would like a pension, but I ain't going to work at the DMV. There's no hot chicks working in the DMV. I wanted a career that, I, that was like rock and roll. I was a great tech investor. I was like, maybe I should start my own company. 
I'm better at this than the people on TV and radio. It's kind of what I did. So the median income of people 65 to 74, they have about $148,000 saved. It's about $600 a month. It's not a lot of money. Be very cautious about heading towards retirement and not having enough saved. I will work until the day I die if I don't have enough saved. And that's all I got out there for you. So Boeing comes out this morning with a CEO who says, we are humbled. And they didn't say we ask for your forgiveness because there's still legal issues going around. But Boeing CEO published a contrite open letter as the 737 MAX crash investigation zero in on software linked to two plane crashes. Now, the one thing I can tell you, this is going to be an opportunity. If they get this, if they get this fixed right, they're releasing a software patch today. And if it's right and nothing else goes wrong, the plane's been flying for years. I think if you take a look at it, Southwest has a whole fleet of 737s. Not the new ones. That's a small part of their fleet. But Southwest comes out today and says it's going to cost us millions for the 737 Max's 8s that we're going to have to ground. One of the reasons Southwest is profitable is because they've used Boeing 737s exclusively. So their, their engineers have to study one thing, a Boeing 737. Now, the new Max 8 was a way of them going, okay, Boeing, like, let's get a little bit fancier. Let's sell some new planes. Let's get some new software, some new things added in. So Southwest counts for about 8.8% of their available seats. I've got a friend, uh, my kid's uh, best friend, has been stuck in Phoenix for two days because Southwest has canceled the flight from Phoenix back home. So he hasn't gone to school. Now, the company warned investors, Southwest, because they're losing money because that kid that wasn't able to fly, right? Southwest told investors it's lowering its first quarter capacity growth guidance. So they're having a lot of cancellations, 9,400 so far. Of those, 2,800 have been caused by grounding the Boeing 737 MAX fleet. So there's also some weather. There's some maintenance disruptions arising from contract negotiations where there are Aircraft Mechanical Fraternal Association, a.k.a. Union. Southwest stock is up because with all this bad news, we know that it's gonna get, that Boeing's going to get it right. They have to get it right. So if this software fix doesn't get it right, then I'm wrong. Today's the type of day where you could take a look at Boeing and say, maybe I should invest in this. Consult a broker advisor for taking action on any stocks I ever, 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 ever mentioned. But a big factor in the two crashes is possibly the erroneous data that was fed to the software from the plane's two angle of attack sensors. Those sensors on the outside of the nose of the plane measure how a plane is positioned. Sometimes when you fly, I don't know if you've ever noticed this, you can't tell if you're going up or going down. I once was in a flight that was so crazy that as we were landing, I almost freaked out and go, why are we going up? Why are we going up? That happens. The plane was pointed up, but it was dropping, I don't know, the weight of it, I don't, I don't know. But I, I, I got I lost my sense, and that they're saying that that could have been a part of the problem. Is that the plane lost its senses and thought it was going down when it should be going forward or up? So this seems like it is fixable because, again, Boeing, I'm sorry, Southwest has a whole fleet of 737s, so they got a lot to lose. Now, again, a small portion of that, not a small portion, a a, a, a percentage wise portion is small, but it's still big. Um, Southwest is, has to work through it, and they will. So. Again, you want, to, you want to hope that they get this right, because there's not a lot of forgiving. And the FAA is going to be lambasted for not catching the mistake, if, if that's what it comes down to. Anyhow, and anyway, everyone, Powerball tonight. Don't waste your money. But if you do win, give me a call. Pick up the phone. Give me a call. Love you, people. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show. Don't be shy. I'm Rob Black. Want the podcast with music? 
Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I hope you know I love you in some odd way, even when I'm mean and nasty, even when I'm surly. I try to find content that's going to help you. I really, really do. I try to like look at things and say, how can I make this more interesting? How can I get people excited to invest? By talking about Warren Buffett taking $114, had he bought a natural gas company, which he did, was that a good investment? Who knows? But he said that had I put that in the S&P 500 for a long time, it would have been worth $606,000. So what he taught you is a little bit of money goes a long way, and money makes money. Every time a company has a dividend and has a dividend yield of 2%, and you put $100 in it, and you get $2 every year, and the next year, your $2 gets 2%, and it just made a little baby dollar for you. In this case, not a dollar, but you get the idea. Cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. And did you go to work that day? No. Did you sit around in your underwear all day and play Fortnite? Maybe. God, do you remember the good old days of sitting around and playing video games all day? If you're sitting around and playing video games all day, you better be rich. Because you ain't planning on your future. Just throwing that out there. Now, one thing that I won't do as I work hard for you, because I love you, is I won't be preachy. You're going to get what you deserve, and I'm fine with that. If you invest and save, you'll probably have a pretty nice retirement. If you don't, you're probably going to be eating cat food out of a trailer. I don't care. So, mm, what I will say is if you don't invest and save, at least have a plan. If you're 70 years old and you know how to fix closet doors or uh, fix showers or install a toilet, put yourself out there. Get some cash flow as best you can. But one thing I won't do is be stupid preachy. Um... Let me give you an example. I won't do quizzes. What is the 401k contribution limit for 2019? Let me use my um, uh, Alex Trebek. The 2019 401k contribution limit. Okay, contestants, write down your answers now. The 2019 401k contribution limit. Let's go to the answers, shall we? Oh, by the way, I've got cancer and I'm dying. Like... That's not pulling our our heartstrings, right? Blah, 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 cancer. So anyway, contestants, what do do you think the right answer is? I can tell you this. 81% of Americans got it wrong. The answer is $19,000. $19,000. Are those Canadian dollars, Alex? American dollars. Canadian dollars have U.S. dollar envy. They always have. They always will. Now, I like Canadian hockey. I like Canadian women. I like their police. Their beer is okay. Not great. Okay, but man, can they produce hockey and, and uh, interesting people, both male and female. It's always good to idea to max out your retirement accounts if you can afford to. More Americans than ever have 401k retirement plans these days. And only 19% of Americans know that you can put in 19000 The average people put in around is about 3% of your pay. You got to put in the max. Next question, Alex. I told you I want to do this and here I am doing it. I just told you the 401k contributions for 2019. The IRA contribution limit for 2019. The IRA, the individual retirement account, if you don't have a 401k, you should have an IRA. The contribution limit for 2019 is, okay, contestants, write down your answers now. No looking at each other. Yeah. I saw you looking. And you always get that answer who, who puts up the answer like, will you go on a date with me, Alex? <laughs> I love those people. Oh, the answer is 65% of Americans got this wrong. So essentially two-thirds of the Jeopardy contestants, right? Individual retirement accounts offer an alternative way to save for retirements. They differ from 401ks because they're not connected to your employer, which is kind of a good thing. Make sure you understand the difference between the numerous kinds of IRAs. There's traditional IRA. 
a Roth IRA. It's not tax-deferred, meaning you pay taxes to Uncle Sam now, up front, but your contributions grow tax-free. And hopefully you'll take the money out at a lower tax bracket later in life, totally tax-free. So a wise man would invest in both a Roth and a 401k or an IRA. You'd do both. Because the IRA, you're not going to pay tax. You're going to get a tax deduction this year on it. The 401k, you're not going to pay federal taxes on. Woo! Some of us are in high tax brackets. So if I put $19,000 in my 401k this year, I'm not getting federal taxed on that until I come out of retirement. Now, um, let's say I'm in the 30% tax bracket now. In retirement, hopefully I'll be in the 15% tax bracket. Hopefully some, con- some congressman's dumb enough to say, old people shouldn't pay taxes. I'll be like, woo! I'll vote for you. But... I don't have to do that and sell my moral soul if I have a Roth because I've already paid the taxes on it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You ready for your next Jeopardy question, ladies and gentlemen? Um, what tax bracket do you have to be in to contribute to an IRA, an individual retirement account? Tax bracket you are in when it comes to contributing to an IRA. Anyone at any income level can contribute to a traditional IRA. So contestants, write down your answers. Now, the IRA income thresholds are different for people who are covered by employer-sponsored retirement plans. If you make too much money, you can't contribute. Contestants, are you ready? 60% answered this wrong. True or false? You don't need to be in a certain tax bracket to qualify for a contributing traditional IRA. The answer is true. True. True, Alex. I wrote down true. So I'm not going to do a lot of that kind of crap for you. I kind of expect you to do a little bit of homework on your own at times. And I will come back, I promise you, to content like that. Um, I think... Like, I'm talking to my producer right now. He's a young man. Uh, It's up to him to start saving money. And if he's got money for a video game, if he's got money for a Starbucks coffee, he's got money for a date, he's got money to save for retirement. Because the biggest thing I could tell you about when I was his age was all I needed was a bag of corn chips, a couch, and a TV. I once had a girlfriend who was an artist, and she she said the coolest thing. She said, let's just stay at home and draw each other. (laughs) And let's just say it was a little bit more than PG-13. So she wanted a, a, a model, and I'm like, how long do I have to sit like this? Kind of thing. You know how much that cost me? Nothing. Maybe a little paper and, 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 and pencil. You can be creative. You don't have to be, you don't have to like spend a lot of money to be in love. Anyway, um, let's move forward. This year's, okay. So the 401k is the easiest thing you can do. If you have a, a company that does it, go down to your HR department and say, Hey, I want to know about the 401k. And the HR department will say, sit down. And you sit down and they start talking to you about it. Start with 3% of your salary. See if there's some company matching. Get it going. And then this weekend, you know, surprise your loved one and say, hey, let's, let's get a sketch pad. I promise you it'll be entertaining. Maybe not the best artwork, but it'll be entertaining. I still have the sketch, by the way. I sketched her. She sketched me. I still have mine. We gave each other the sketch. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. So this is Imagine Dragons. This song came out probably a year and a half ago. And when it came out, I'm like, that's going to be the song ESPN uses on college football. So every time they get a break, we're going to hear that. Or every time they start a show... You know you're big when Rob Black could say, that's going to be the college football song. And guess what was the college football song? <laughs> they make hits. The movie Wreck-It Ralph ends with a loser song. Guess who did that one? Imagine Dragons. They're being called for everything. If I could invest in Imagine Dragons, they're high right now. Are we going to burn out on them? I don't know. Maybe. So maybe now is not the best time to buy them. 
I told you about eight years ago, I met them before they became big. I saw a show. And after the show, I, I did the typical goofball. Kind of was hanging around outside and saw him loading up his van. I was like, hey, you guys were real good tonight. And uh, I had this crazy idea. I said, if I give you $10,000, can I get backstage passes for the rest of my life? Kind of saying, like, you're, you're young and struggling. But they weren't young and struggling. They already had a plan. And their plan was not to give Rob Black backstage passes for the rest of his life. But that's a pretty darn entertaining story, isn't it? Um... I pick music probably as well as I pick stocks. And that's where I stopped doing things. Like I, you know, if I get a blood test and it's high in magnesium, I don't go, well, I'm clearly dying. I'll let doctors figure that stuff out. Oh, my, 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 my. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220. Oh, my, 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 my. Um, investing in a house. It's a funny concept. It's not very liquid. You have to be very patient. You've probably heard some version of the phrase from a real estate agent. This will be the best investment you ever make in your life. Good job, buddy. But it's also high right now. And a lot like Magic Dragons, you don't always end on a high. A lot has been said about buying a home as a real estate investment. Most of it from realtors and mortgage people who want to do a transaction with you, want you to trust them and hear it's the best investment you'll ever make. And I'm going to make a pretty penny on it as well. I bought a property last year where the realtor said, just own it long enough to pay my fees. I'll sell it for you again. (laughs) He was honest. A home isn't a true investment. It will provide you with returns down the road. Likely. But it's not a true investment. You're not buying a home, say, for $200,000 and saying, I'm going to sell it for $500,000. You're living in it, and there's cost involved. So... There's been a 40-year study that the New York Times did. If you invested in the stock market or if you invested in San Francisco, L.A., Chicago, they hit all the big cities. They hit all the ones that you would want to be in. And you hold that investment, $200,000 in a home in L.A., $200,000 in a home in Seattle, $200,000 in the S&P 500. And the stock market won by 400% over 30 years. Are you with me or are you against me? Because this is a civil war. And you need to decide how smart you want to play it. I, I can't answer that for you. I wish I could. When you could buy, you do. You own stocks. When you own $100 of Microsoft, you own $100 of Microsoft, and people can't take it away from you. If you own a home, and you don't pay your mortgage, or you don't pay your property tax, or let's say you don't mow the lawn, or you don't take care of the sidewalk, and someone trips on it, people can take it away from you. So I'm not really caught up in this notion that a home is a great investment. I think it's a liability. And in fact, in this day and age, if you could rent and invest, I'd rather you rent and invest until you could find a way to buy. And it doesn't have to be in the market that you're living in. 20 years ago, a cop from Oakland asked me, I can't afford Oakland real estate. This is 20 years ago. And he said, my idea is I'm going to invest in Tampa, where I want to retire, I'll put a renter in there for a few years, and then I'm going to retire there. Genius. Genius, I tell you. Outside the box. So when you own a home, and you actually factor in the property taxes, the homeowner's insurance, the maintenance, the repairs, remodels, landscaping, yard care, trash, it's not an investment, it's a liability. And when you, you know, yes, you get the mortgage interest deduction, but less now so than ever. Thank you, Donald Trump, for taking that away from the people who didn't vote for you, i.e. New York and California. Where you live matters. Many of us live in markets where annual home appreciation is more likely to keep ahead of inflation. But keep in mind, the idea there is, is that home should be priced towards people's salaries. There's an old rule of thumb that says you shouldn't spend more than 33% of your income on your housing. Because let's face it, let's start with, let's, let's take out that 33% and let's just go with taxes. Let's say you're in a low tax bracket or mid-tax bracket, 25%. So you just earned $100, and you just have to give away 25% of the federal government. 
California, you got to give away 10% to the state of California for income taxes. That's 35%. Anytime you buy something in California, there's typically a 9 to 10% sales tax. That's 45%. There's social security taxes and other taxes, disability taxes in your paycheck. So quickly, we're getting up to 50%. And that's before you bought food. That's before you went on vacation. That's before you paid for a car. Taxes eat up your money. Gobble, 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 gobble. <laughs> it gobbles it up, right? Um, and then there's inflation, which eats away at the buying power of any dollars that you put into your home. So the stock market tends to get about 10% return. So you put money in there, you're set. Real estate should get, historically, it's gotten about 4% returns. Bonds have gotten 6% and the stock market 10%. Because real estate typically is tied towards inflation. Uh, wage inflation, but sometimes it becomes unhinged from that and low interest rates and leveraging money work against the, the, the history, historic norms. Now, a home can also now in this day and age, like I know people are putting granny units so that they can get some income out of it and kind of defer some. I know some people have got it their basement and remodeled it so they can get a renter in there. So long-term appreciation can be considered a type of investment for sure, but short-term a house is a liability. There's just no doubt about it. And when you look at the taxes that you pay on your investments versus the taxes that you pay on the the home and the capital gains. My property taxes are more than my sister pays in a mortgage all year long. My sister lives just outside Washington, D.C. That's ridiculous. So renting's not a bad option because short term, it's not an investment. If you can keep your rent at 30, 33%, that's way better than buying a home that's taking up 40, 45% of your salary. So I'm just throwing that out there for you. The nice thing about a home is it does give you forced savings where you're putting money in. Love it. Love it. You're paying yourself uh, not a large chunk of the capital. A large chunk of that's going to interest until later on in your loan when your your interest is being paid down a lot and you're paying down the principal. Every year I love it. I look at, you know, hey, how much principal did I get? How much interest did I pay? And this is the time of the year, you know, when you're starting to look at tax time when you go, whoa, I made pretty good money last year by paying myself. And you kind of fall into that trap. But you go, if I invested that money that I bought in the stock market, it would have been up bigger even in the last year. Now, a home not only gives you four savings, it gives you an asset to use later in life. It can be used for various porpoises. I know you're saying, did you just say porpoise? Poipus? Did you just say dolphins? I did. I have, I have a school of dolphins in my basement. Flipper. I've got flipper in my basement. No. Um, there we go. I, that was a test to see if he was awake. Uh, it gives you a call, something you could use later. So it has a purpose. A home equity loan of, of credit, I'd prefer you do that than bribe a USC $100,000 to get your kid in. I'd rather you get an HEL to pay for the college in a legit way. Too legit. Too legit to quit. MC Hammer had a... a, a do you know how easy it is to get bankrupt? Just check out MC Hammer. Man was king of the world. And he decides to build a house and put a gold gate around it. <laughs> Well, I guess the gold has some value later in life, right? So a home can give you four savings. A home can give you an asset to sell later. A home can give you lifestyle perks. You can do whatever you want. You can put a rug on your wall. You know, if you've ever been to Elvis Presley's home in Memphis, Tennessee, Graceland, you'll see you can do anything you want at home. He had carpet on the walls. Listen to this. He had he had mirrors mounted so that he could lay down on his back and watch TV. He didn't put the TV on the ceiling, which would have made more sense. He installed mirrors. So it gives you that perk. It gives you neighbors. Hey, neighbor George. That's a shout out. I love my neighbors. It could also give you a nice safe place where you don't feel like um, 
someone's going to break in your home. You don't live in a, a neighborhood of a slumlord kind of situation. And retirement housing. It can go a long way to keep up with your property taxes and insurance. A paid-off home can provide you with low-cost housing during retirement. So there's perks. I'm not against them. I just think way too many people say it stupidly. And I'm, I'm blaming you, realtors. It's not the best investment they'll ever make. It's a liability that becomes an investment down the road. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing more. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. So this is Regina Spector. She's one of my faves. I got to be honest, I, I haven't stayed in touch with her music. It, it, it was a big moment in my life five to ten years ago. Ten years ago, it was a love song for me that led to an amazing woman. Fidelity and Us by Regina Spector. This is not Fidelity or Us. They'll make a statue out of us, which is not really a love song. It's about the fall of Russia, but it, it sounds like a love song. So I went on a date to the Fox Theater in Oakland. I think the best place to see a show in the Bay Area. I'm sure you have some ideas, but um, this segment's going to be rated PG, just so you know. I think you should sometimes get outside your norms and go into a show. I went to see Regina Spector, and I was a little bit surprised. It's, it's in my wheelhouse. I've seen shows before. I was probably the only straight male there. I didn't know I was walking into that. A lot of females, nothing wrong with that. A lot of females who love other females, nothing wrong with that. A lot of men who love other men, nothing wrong with that. I'm all about love. But it was like the first time in my life I went to a concert where I was like, am I in over my head? This is odd. This is awkward. And then you just kind of relax and you go with it. But I'll tell you what, you can go to Imagine Dragons concert or you can go to an Anthrax concert and get pushed around a lot less than you can at a Regina Spectre concert. Those ladies are pushy. But get out there and live, people. When I talk about saving money, I'm also talking about living. You know, it's so you have the money to do the stuff that you want. Now, again, don't do it stupidly. I don't, I don't get people who live stupidly. So there's not much difference from point A to point B in a $30,000 car versus a $60,000 versus a $100,000 car. Not a lot of difference. So get out there and live. Like when I first moved to the Bay Area, I was from the East Coast and I was a little bit sheltered, right? Um, D.C. has a very um, happening lesbian, gay, bisexual neighborhood. Uh, but San Francisco's got a big one. Or they used to. I don't even know if it's still there anymore. The Castro? Like I don't know how many people have been pushed out because of all the money that's come in. So gentrification is a real thing. And it, it, you lose artists and you lose culture and you lose diversity. But I went to the Castro Street Fair the first year that I lived in San Francisco, and I never saw anything like that in my life. And again, it shows you that as a little sheltered. I've done New York, I've done Washington, D.C., and here I am in, in San Francisco going, whoa, why is that man hitting that man? <laughs> and it's the Castro Street Fair. As long as it's about love, I'm good with it. Get out there and live your life, people. I have an email. Ladies and gentlemen, check your email box. This one comes from Maria. She goes, good morning, Rob. I'd like to ask you, what are the risks of asking a loan from your 401k? Never, ever do it. You can borrow money at a cheap interest rate from your own 401k. I've seen this blow up on people. I'm not saying never, ever do it, but it's, it's a resort. It's a last resort. So when you take money out of your 401k, it's your money. That's fine. And you're paying yourself a low interest rate. I'd rather pay myself a low interest rate than uh, a bank. I get it. Sounds great. But what happens if the market goes up 20%? And a big chunk of your money is now in cash, and you're going to buy a house with it or something. You just lost a big move. What if it goes down 20%? You're not a gambler, people. This is your retirement. Gamble with other money, not with your retirement. I had a friend who uh, took out a big loan on her 401k 
she was the wife of a friend, to be honest with you. And uh, she got laid off. And she had to pay all of it back within 30 days or get a massive penalty. And she didn't have the money. So it's not a piggy bank. So don't take out money from your 401k. That's my opinion. I'm sticking with it. There's a football player who I, I dig. His name's Brandon Copeland. He's from the New York Jets. Why do I dig him? Because he talks about money. He talked about his real estate business that he owns. And he teaches a financial literacy class at Wharton. The class is nicknamed Life 101. The class deals with the realities of life. In his first class, he has all students do an exercise that he says brings them down to earth, creating a budget based on their expected earnings. I love this. So he's a graduate of the University of Pennsylvania of Wharton School. He interned in the investment bank UBS for two summers during college before he went to the NFL. His NFL salary last year was $1.2 million. He saves almost all of his salary. He also has done flipping houses. He runs his own real estate company with his wife and teaches financial literacy. And his Life 101 class that he teaches at Orton hits on topics like buying your first home, whether to buy or lease a car, student loan debt. When I came out of college, I was like, I'd like a nice car. I should lease it because I can't afford to buy it. What I should have done was buy a two-year-old used car. I got lucky. I got lucky because there's a woman that I knew who I gave her financial advice. And at one point in time, she said, I'm going to give you my car because I'm going to go buy a new one. I'm like, you don't have to do that. And it was a Toyota Tercel. It was a 1982 blue Toyota Tercel. It was the second car I ever owned. My first one was a Chevette, which I had the license plate that said my vet. And people were pissed off. Corvette owners were pissed off at me because they thought I was mocking them. And guess what? I was mocking them. <laughs> they were right. But you make mistakes. You end up paying for those mistakes for the rest of your life. As a student, you want to learn these life lessons. And maybe I'll do a show one day called Life Lessons. One of the best things you could do is budget your life. Think of how much you're going to make in your life and then take a look at your Netflix. Let's say it's $10 a month, so $120 a year. That's what? 10 years of $1,200? 2,400 in 20 years? 3,630? It'll go up, right? So start deducting that from what you think you're going to earn. And let's, let's start with a fun number like $100,000 a year for 30 years is $3 million. And then start taking out Netflix and start taking out cable and start taking out cell phones and start taking out student loans. And start taking out homes that you may buy and rent that you may have and cars that you're going to want. That's a good life lesson. I'm Rob Black. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.